I'll never understand, like, the necessity for white boys to send pictures of their own asses to people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Guys, a Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast. My name is Andy. Along with me are my two very, very good friends, Kelsey and Ryan. And the three of us, we decided a week ago that we all love comics and that we talk about them enough as it is, or maybe not enough. And we want to talk about it some more, and we wanted you guys to be a part of the conversation. So today is the uh, first show of the podcast of all time. So I'm Andy, and my two friends with them, you can kind of hear them giggling in the background if they've been actually really good about being quiet during this portion. I was trying so hard. You had so a very um, Trebekian <laughs> voice. Oh my god. Good. I'll like take uh, Anyways, this is Kelsey potpourri <laughs> for tw- $200, yeah. Alex. <laughs> oh my god. Also, when you started doing that intro, I'm definitely on Tumblr and I saw the best gift that I couldn't react to and I, <laughs> I almost exploded. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we avoided combustion. <laughs> Just barely. There's always next time. Oh, it's fine. Yes, it's fine. all right. Always next time. But uh, yes, that's Kelsey. Uh, she's a wonderful <laughs> lady, and uh, she loves comics, right? Yes, all the comics. Yeah, well, I mean, except for like one portion of comics, but we'll get except to that for DC later. <laughs> uh, and then the <laughs> other voice that you faction of comics. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> except for about half of it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the other voice that you hear is our good friend Ryan. So Ryan, what's up, my man? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing I'm at all. Talking to you guys. Just talking to us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we love comics. We hope you love comics. And said awesome. '90s puns for comic for comic book podcast title names. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Props to Ryan for that one. Yeah. That's a good plan. Something really into. <laughs> it also like solves the problem of coming up with a name for the podcast, which I was really struggling with. It truly does. It combines both of our interests in the world before the internet, comic books, and really interesting clothing choices. So I feel I'm like just hoping that like one day Ryan Reynolds is online and he's like, "Oh, I miss those days." And he like Google's it and he's like, "What the fuck are these guys doing?" <laughs> and then Ryan Reynolds just like, you know, I am Andy, and he's like, "Hey man, I really like your podcast." He's like, I hey think. Man. That- I feel like I owe the world for that whole Green Lantern thing. Exactly. He would Google it, see that it was just a comic book podcast, and then he just realized, I made a terrible mistake. (laughs) It's like, how am I associated with these people? It's just a picture of me wearing that shirt. (laughs) Especially when they're so much better than I am. (laughs) But uh, related to comics, and actually what kind of spurned this episode of uh, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast is the announcement of uh, Marvel Studios uh, for their Phase 3 of the cinematic universe. Uh, not only are we going to get Avengers Age of Ultron later this year, but we are also going to get Captain America Civil War in May of 2016, Doctor Strange in November of 2016, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in May of 2017, Thor Ragnarok in July of that same year, then we're getting Black Panther. Shit, yeah. Yes, we are. Uh, on November 3rd of that year, 2017, uh, Avengers Infinity War Part 1 in May of 2018, Inhumans in November of 2018, and then Avengers Infinity War Part 2 in May of 2019. I, I mean, I guess I just ask you guys, like, 
Did we, you just skip Captain Marvel? Skip Captain Marvel. Oh, I did. I'm terrible. Oh my I'm the God, worst human cool. being in like, the world. I was like, oh, he's saving it for last. I know, I was weird. And best, but not... Oh, man, see, this is terrible. <laughs> but best last but not last. least. Oh, my God. Captain so Marvel on June 6th of sexist. 2018. Yeah, huge misogynist, this guy. I feel like Kelly Sue is going to, like, come through, like, the computer and, like, punch me in the face for forgetting about her character. She would have every right to, honestly. She should. I mean, honestly, like, if <laughs> Carol Danvers knocked on my door right now and was like, I found out that you fucking forgot my movie. <laughs> Not even that. She just opened your door like, I heard you were talking shit. I would have been like... <laughs> You are correct, and I deserve whatever is coming my way. I'm sorry. We'll be fine because if we ever get listeners, like 80% of them will just be like, isn't Captain Marvel that dude with a lightning bolt uh, on his chest? No, yeah. you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just get really ragey. And then <laughs> let's, face it, let's face it. He is technically pre-52. Andy, I'm sorry. No, I, know I mean, you, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That like, that, that is very true. <laughs> that that Billy Bat Billy Batson was the originally called Captain Marvel. Uh, uh, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of fight over the name and stuff. But uh, what's more important is that on June 6th of 2018, <laughs> we're getting Captain Marvel the movie from Marvel Studios. And yeah, aside from my own stupidity, is there anything else that we want to talk about? <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, we so we got Doctor Strange and Black Panther, the two movies coming out soonest, where we don't know like leading or where we don't have prior leading actors. Yeah. So realistically, Captain Marvel Cause, is is cause, the movie where we're kind of up in the air. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, and I guess I guess like the other parts in like uh you know whoever's gonna be like you know the antagonist in you know something like thor ragnarok or you know the captain america movie like i guess there's some chances that we have some question marks there but yeah captain marvel is the big question mark of if, if you guys could pick a favorite off the top of your head who do you want as a captain marvel oh jesus christ um and then, and uh, since we're all cinef- cinephiles here, I think we can even go. Who would you want to see direct it? Oh God! <laughs> I know uh, well, the answer popped into my head, but it will never happen. So. Well, I mean, I feel like the director of choice for me, at least right now, in terms of movies, is Alfonso Cuarón. So that's who I would pick as like number one in any of these films, no matter what. Uh, but I mean, shit, there's so many talented directors out there. Uh, I'm still stumped on this. Who would play Carol Danvers, though? I know, me too. I can't even fan cast in my brain right now because I'm still so excited. Um, I, you know who I'd like to see as director, though, which I think would be really interesting, is if they got, like, Fernando Morellas or somebody. Ooh. Like, that would be such a weird, like, gritty fucking film. And I feel like for the first, like, lady leading superhero flick, like, I feel like that would be something really fucking rad to do. So. I, I mean, not to... P- not trying to be like, oh, female lead, so female director, but considering Hardwick's... Ryan, I need you to know I will never give you shit for empowering more ladies. Like, that's... I'm just, I'm just considering Hardwick's background already with war, and, you know, Carol Danvers comes straight from war, I, mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, I think that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I see that for sure. Hmm. But I'm I sure. think I, I think they're going to take a more lighthearted approach with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, uh, someone that I saw like mentioned 
somewhere was uh, like Ali Larder from like uh, way long ago. I was like, ah, I guess they're just trying to like find like a, a blonde. I've I've heard um, I've That's heard people choice. Uh, suggest. Um, oh my gosh! You know who would be really good at it? Actually, is um, if they were to like dye Emma Watson's hair like blonde. Like, I feel like she would bring the fucking badass lady. Like, I feel like she's got a lot of fighting scenes in her that we haven't gotten to see from her yet. Yeah. Because I fall even more in love with her. I know, right? <laughs> like, um, I mean, I'll, I will go on record on, on the internet right now saying this. Like, I would murder my mother <laughs> to, like, hook up with Emma Watson once. I like, like not even like your mom, but not your fiance. Well, I mean, like, I don't think Emma's going to want to hang out with me all the time. You know, it's just like, a one-time deal. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to ruin my life. <laughs> just, just your family. Just your family. Yeah. No, my mom's done her. She's good. She's like, she's lived a solid life. In in Ryan's defense, he didn't say she was going to kill her. Now he said he would. So you know, maybe he's just going to like pull the plug a bit early and be like, "Don't worry, Emma Watson, I owe you one." Oh my god. Just like watch else still her prime. You know who else would be really, really rad? Is um if they none of these people are blonde, but like hair dye exists for a reason. But um, I definitely think Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black would be fucking amazing. That's a good call. (sighs) Definitely has the chops for it. Yeah, like I would pay all the internet dollars to see that. She was a Bond girl, right? Pike, Rosamund Pike. Uh, I think so. If it's from one of the newer ones, I haven't seen them. I've 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 heard it recommended that uh, that Jennifer Lawrence should play Carol Danvers. Um, no, like I get it because she's like an it girl right now, and she's all quirky and cute and stuff. But like, I think no, I don't. Also, know. she I don't want to do another Ryan Reynolds bullshit. He's or I mean Chris Evans. He's the Human Torch and Captain America. Yeah, like she's already Mystique. Let her be Mystique. Yeah, and like you know that franchise isn't failing miserably. So. I think also like with the with the like time gap and Mystique as a character, if you wanted to do a like modern day continuation of the first class storyline mm-hmm. or Days of Future Past, I think you could just pull Jennifer Garner I mean Jennifer fucking Lawrence, I'm sorry. <laughs> God terrible. She's like, no, she was electric. She didn't play anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She already got her chance, all right? And she's, she she blew it. it. She blew she it. Fucked it all up. Um, uh, you could just pull Jennifer Lawrence and I'm sure, you know, you could just be like, yeah, well it's fucking Mystique, you know, she like doesn't really age. I don't know. I also like director wise, like like this is the first one I thought of that will never ever happen, but I would be fucking tickled if it did, is if they got Edgar Wright. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, uh we know that we had a huge falling out with Ant Man. But uh <laughs> we're gonna try this again. Yeah, and this time do whatever you want because everything you shoot is cinematic gold. So. You know, I think actually and then we're um... gonna fucking fire you and hire the director of fucking Yes Man to do it. Um, he's just in Hollywood cast Jim Carrey as Captain Marvel uh, (laughs) but still Carol Danvers exactly (laughs) new groundbreaking uh, (laughs) casting there Um, I was was thinking that uh, at least I don't know like I think the Captain Marvel comic has always kind of been a bit more lighthearted, like you guys mentioned I could see them trusting it to uh James Gunn, the guy who did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
as long yeah, as I, I don't necessarily I just, know that I would want him to do it because he does have some sexist kind of problems. No, that's true. There's some very problematic things about he, that. I, I don't, Marvel's not the one, to, they're not the kind of double dip like that really either. <laughs> no, you, you, you're all right. Aside from like Favreau doing like Iron Man's and stuff. Yeah. I, I can't even think of like another director who went twice. So I guess the Russo brothers are doing both caps or, or I mean, well, they'll be doing cap three as well as two. Okay. Yeah. So we're just gonna hire like Sofia Coppola. Just <laughs> all like pastel uh, colors okay. and like. Stuff. What about I? Best idea Robert ever, Rodriguez? though. Really? Oh, Robert Rodriguez. That's actually not bad. Like gritty Captain and, Marvel, like punching through like space, like. And he's like all about women empowerment. Mm-hmm. Like he he's all about it. Yeah. As long as he's having sex with them at the time. <laughs> he, needs to be, he needs to have at least one woman on, on cast that he's uh, interested in. Wow. He's uh, like yeah. Harry Richardson of the film world. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't always have his dick out in public. <laughs> oh, thank you. How nice of him. I know. Oh, God. I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something, but. Probably something important, but we ruined it with dick jokes. Yeah, we ruined the moment. Uh, okay, um, so I guess like uh, I mean, we're all super excited for Captain Marvel. Like, yes, I think I think we all are. Uh, um, just like I don't think there has been anything related to like uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick or um, Gail Simone or anyone from that. Captain Marvel run being involved yet? So upset. But I kind of feel like that's something that will eventually happen. Kelly C. DeConnick was working on a screenplay the other day with for Captain Marvel when she found out that Captain Marvel was uh, a movie. Like if they uh, don't bring her in in some capacity, then I'm gonna be so fucking upset. Like you don't even understand. That's Marvel though. I mean, like unfortunately, I guess Marvel Studios is they might be a little better about it. But like you look at, um. The Wolverine movie, Chris Claremont, nothing. And even they didn't yeah. consult him. They didn't thank him for that whole run of Wolverine he did. He wasn't credited at all. But she, especially for Kelly Sue, should be because without one of her runs, like Captain Marvel would not be half as fucking relevant as it is right now. Well, without Chris Claremont, Wolverine wouldn't even exist. They were going to cancel the the whole X-Men and Chris Claremont took it over. And then they turned it into a bi-monthly and then gave Wolverine yeah. and even fucking Excalibur their own monthly series. <laughs> oh, man. Excalibur. I remember the 90s and the Endless X books. <laughs> Put an X in front of it. <laughs> Get Leafield on there. <laughs> They'll buy it, I swear. Is Psylocke involved? Make a Can right she now. make an per- appearance in this comic? <laughs> I make a rule right now that he um feel is just that's Voldemort, dude. Like if you're gonna say if you're gonna talk about him, he better be known as like he who must not be named. I don't wanna talk about him. I don't wanna talk about his run right. on Captain America. No. I don't wanna count teeth on Ryan, his characters. Ryan, you know how much I love you. I will not mention that gentleman anymore for this podcast. Gentleman's a harsh term. <laughs> I will not mention that organism for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Is that, did I go too far the other way? There's Crawl. so many other ways I could have gone. Crawl. All right. So uh, apologies to anyone. So it's like, how can they make Todd McFarlane's art look really shitty? Yeah. 
I feel like this is like the first episode of this podcast and we already alienated like anybody who would ever possibly listen to us. Just like out of the gate, we're like, fuck you, DC. We hate this guy. <laughs> well, I think, I think that, you know. We have opinions. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, we got some opinions. And I think that uh, eventually, who knows, maybe we'll kind of warm up on it. Uh, but, you know, there's been some good DC stuff, which we'll talk about in the future. Just right now, we're when it actually happens. You know, when we know it's not going to be. I, I am so excited to talk about Batman versus Superman as that gets closer because I'm going to trash all over that movie. <laughs> just, I, I like how you're just I'm like pre- totally decided already. You're like, I don't even care. Like, like uh, I'm just, I oh oh god, it's going to be so bad. It's going to be such a train wreck. You guys didn't go to Comic Con this year, did you? No, unfortunately. No. Oh my well, god, the trailer was just. Sitting in a room full of all those like neck bearded fucking mouth breathing fanboys as they like lost their shit about it when they played that. Oh my god, like I couldn't even stand it. So yeah, I'm ready for the shit show with you. (laughs) I think it's gonna be interesting just because those expectations are insanely high. I I don't know. I don't know why. Never in my life have I or will I ever be excited about something that someone's like co written by Zack Snyder. Yeah. See, I like, remember there was a time. Yeah, uh, when he directs, when he just directs. Yeah. You know what? You know what movie Zack Snyder wrote? <laughs> Sucker Punch. Yeah, no. What a piece of shit that was. What? Sucker Punch? Oh. Yeah. I actually Fuck. really, really, really like Sucker Punch, and I will go to the fucking bat for it. <sighs> it's like high as shit. I don't understand like how you can like that movie. I was certainly uh, under especially the influence of some... As- substances and i did not enjoy the movie i'll say that to me that movie was just Zack snyder going no guys i don't i just don't i don't put big dicks in everything it's not like i just love showing like cod pieces and abs everywhere i also like women see here's the thing though like i don't know about him a whole lot as like an individual human but like that movie in itself was kind of like a feminist manifesto in like a really weird fucking way that nobody expected so like to me it was just a pendulum swing in the opposite direction of what he had been doing like yeah, i mean he does, to know that. Uh, see, he does that 300 all naked dudes and then he does watch which is just a giant bare naked dude maybe he just likes naked people and that's fine well, but even, like, even superman if you watch man of steel like the immediate my immediate thing is you like there's a lot of slow motion shots panning across his torso out the red underwear it makes me look at his dick more. See, but don't you understand the male power fantasy that dudes blame on feminists? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, here's here's the thing, K, uh, KG. I've actually I've heard that interpretation that you like mentioned the same way. I don't know, like maybe it was just me. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I watched the movie once, and I didn't enjoy it enough that I haven't watched it again. So maybe it needs a second watch. But I didn't get that. I you know. I almost feel like now that I hate this movie so much that I kind of owe it a second watch. Uh, but you know. see, the first time I watched it, I didn't get that either. And then I heard some somebody like mention, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And then I went back and I looked at it. I'm like, "You know what? I actually see it. Like, <laughs> fuck me, right?" <laughs> so like, I can definitely that cop up when I'm wrong. Something our music video that is a waste of John Hamm's time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that movie is. Yeah. I, yeah, there were some really weird cameos in that movie. I was like, "Really, guys?" Like. And I guess they all saw, like, Zack Snyder and thought the 300 thing. Anyways, let's move on to new Marvel movies. Uh, 
so the other movie that kind of was like uh, rampant with speculation in this group um, was none other than Doctor Strange. Uh, most notably Benedict because Cumberbatch. Well, that hasn't been confirmed yet, to the, the best of my what? knowledge. What? Right? Uh, I'm pretty sure that was like a hundred percent confirmed. A hundred percent confirmed. I think it was. Okay. I'm pretty sure, man. All right, let me let me let me. Yeah, check no, for first. sure, for sure. Okay. All right, I, I will. I will. Uh, I will. Absolutely defer to you guys. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yes, because uh, early on, before this giant announcement happened, at any rate, uh, there were a lot of rumors that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was like, you know, waiting to sign on the dotted line. Um, uh, so, like, I know I mentioned it on Ryan's Facebook, but in my mind, the perfect Doctor Strange of all time was none other than Raul Julia, but, you know, he died. And But, so you know, he died. played in Bison in one of the worst movies ever made, so... Hey, he is the best part of that trash. movie. Like, hold on, though. Don't fucking do Raul Julia fucking dirty, man. Like, in that dirty fucking movie that is horrible all the way through, he is, like... The tiny shining beacon of hope. He's fucking – when you watch the movie, you're like, damn, Raul Julia is too much of a fucking professional to just mail this shit in. He's like actually trying to like act in Van Damme's face when he's going to give him a fucking flash kick. Like I don't know. I got to give the guy like some credit there, you know? Like I don't know. Plus he was fucking no, like dying. I agree. I agree. I, I, I've – you know, I've – for not for seeing Sucker Punch once in my life, I've seen Street Fighter like a dozen times. Oh no, I've definitely seen Street and Fighter I, more times than some <laughs> other fucking amazing movies that have been made. <laughs> yeah, it's like people people talk about like cinematic like masterpieces. Oh, Citizen Kane, and I'm like, yeah, I saw that once. Street Fighter though, watch that every weekend. <laughs> it's like it's like man, dude. If I get how many deep, times have if you I get watched you Blood into a forty? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I know that, uh, I mean, most people that I talked to were pretty excited about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Um, See, I heard that, like, I thought so, too, but then I saw this really wonderful Tumblr post today where it was just somebody saying, like, are you fucking kidding me? And then everybody's posting, like, who would be better at it than him? And there's even, like, a picture of, like, a ladder. (laughs) Wow. I'm just really, I don't know. And then there's a bunch of people getting all, like, they're getting mad that they cast a white guy as Doctor Strange, but he is white in canon. Like, so the fuck what? Like, I don't... That's not when a valid argument. Ever yeah. I'm sorry? Know. When has he ever not been white? That's a strange, like, it's bring up. Like, it does, that doesn't matter in the opposite. Like, and be a black character all the time, but then they cast them with a white dude or anything like that, and people don't give a shit. Like, oh, it's just the artistic interpretation. So that's why it doesn't really mind me which way they go with it. But I think Benedict Cumberbatch is all his weird alien-looking goodness is going to be fine. Like, I'm not concerned about it. I think he'll do great. At this point, it's like when when have they gone wrong under Marvel Studios banner? Because I'm not talking like pre-Marvel. Marvel Studios, peacefully <laughs> original Hulk. Like right. I'm not talking about that. Sense. I'm talking everything under Marvel Studios banner. How many times? I mean, I even question like Chris Evans as Captain America. I don't know, man. Like he he was a pretty good Human Torch, and then human, or Captain America comes out, and it's I could never see anyone else as Captain America. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think I think Marvel figured it out when they cast Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and. <laughs> People were like, "Holy fuck! This is Tony Stark." Yeah, it's like the puzzle—the last puzzle piece. <laughs> yeah. 
even with Guardians, people are like people who don't appreciate, you know, Chris Pratt for the wonderful, glorious human being he is. Fools that they are. You said them basically, and I will beat the ever loving shit out of them. Chris Pratt. But, you know, you tell people, they're like, oh, that chubby guy from Parks and Rec. And I'm like, I think he's going to nail it. And he killed it. Oh, man. The week before that movie came out, I was sitting in a screenwriting class with this, like, group of, like, fucking mostly college freshmen and sophomores. And I remember sitting there and telling people, like, how fucking excited I was for Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) And, like, 90% of the class, except for one dude who also read comic books, rolled their fucking eyes at me. And two weeks later, they were all coming in talking about how it's like the breakout comedy hit of the summer. And I was like, yeah, wasn't even a fucking comic book movie. It was just like perfect comedic time all the way through. Those people that were like shit talking probably were the ones who were like, why is that duck in that room? I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they've probably never even seen the original classic, Howard the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Where the duck... Almost has sex with Marty McFly's mom. That's my favorite part of that movie. Okay, my favorite part of Emerald City Comic Con, like three, two or three years ago, is when she was there as one of like the celebrity talent guests, and I got to her table just to like talk to her and get like an autograph, and I asked her about that, and she was not pleased. She was like, "How do you know about Howard the Duck?" I'm like, "Listen, you're at a comic book convention. I, like, I feel like you should be prepped with this kind of information. <laughs> just tell me what it was like." <laughs> If I ever meet Jennifer Aniston, I really just want to be like, I loved you in Leprechaun. <laughs> like, that's it. Just like, hey, you know what movie I really enjoyed you in? Leprechaun. I feel like they just... might like that, too. Like, I feel like they always hear, like, oh, Rachel, or like, whatever the fuck, like, all the time. So I feel like I would be like, what? Oh, oh thanks. <laughs> yeah, it might be like a breath of fresh air for them. Like, oh, I'm, I'm glad that you're not just crazy about friends. <laughs> you know? Yes, um, I know. Can so, we just say how excited I am for Benedict Cumberbatch to grow a wonky-looking mustache? Like, pretty amped. Pretty. So I, I think they're going to go just normal goatee. I don't know, man. Like, I'm really expecting, like, a weird-looking mustache. And if I don't get it, I'm going to be real disappointed. Yeah. Um, uh, have they have they released any information on who's, like, writing um, the Doctor Strange film itself? I don't Who's writing it? I know Scott Derrickson's directing, hmm. and as a horror fan, that excites me because I really enjoyed Sinister, and I mean, it also means that that movie could be pretty fucked up. Well, yeah, because that's and that's kind of like what I was getting at. One of my favorite kind of uh, like angles of the Doctor Strange character, um, something that kind of has been much more prevalent in Hickman's recent New Avengers run, which is really good is him kind of, like, dabbling into the dark side. And I could really see maybe, you know, if you get, like you said, like a horror, like, writer-director, really kind of pulling that kind of weird, eerie side of the supernatural out, which could be fucking awesome. Um, yeah. So one of the guys who's credited with screenplay is Thomas Dean Donnelly, who definitely wrote Conan the Barbarian in 2011. Ooh. Oh. Um, there's also Joshua Oppenheimer, who did... Is that the same one? Yeah, he also did Conan the Barbarian. When was that updated? Please tell me, like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. Uh, that, I don't think that was the. Uh... Uh, I, I have an update from. It looks like there was an team said. Um, John Spates. He wrote reboot. Um, he wrote. What? He was the first writer of Prometheus. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those three, yeah. the ones who are credited. Interesting. Yeah, oh, but this gosh. was updated October second, so. So that bumps me out. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward silence. Yeah, yeah. When, when Bruce 
because they wrote Captain America too, didn't they? Or they helped write it? Uh, because when they were not, uh, they wrote fucking Kong or the community. Like, how are they going to handle a serious action movie? And then they tackled it fine. I could be wrong. Yeah, Maybe they just wrecked. I'm trying just not to pay attention to yeah, that. Yeah, Ryan, uh, you're kind of turning into a robot there with your voice, and I don't know what's going on there. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, this gives me like this weird throwback back to my World of Warcraft like raiding days. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's too real. Too oh, real. Man. Oh, man. I was wrong. You know what? Was Actually, the guys who wrote Captain America, even worse, they wrote Narnia. <laughs> oh, no. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, God. So, I mean, they actually turned it around, you know? Yeah. Everybody deserves a second oh. chance. <laughs> oh, Thomas Dean Donnelly. Uh, weird. He's credited with the screenplay for Sahara. Sahara. Whatever the fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, God. No. That movie is the worst movie I've seen in my life. Uh, okay, so, so basically... So what we've discovered is that it's up to John Spates. What we've discovered is that this is going to be a shit show. Yeah. So, so okay. I really so, hope so let's readjust our expectations. Maybe it's not. I mean, it's poorly written, but it's just like cumberbutt, like fucking chewing, like supernatural <laughs> scenery, like all the time with like really cool CGI. Are Watch, we still down for that movie? I'm on it. One of those guys yeah, is like an American pen name for Stephen Moffat, and <laughs> that's all this is. <laughs> I I am calling it right now. Steve Zahn as Wong. Call it. <laughs> God. God, Steve Zahn, man. That poor bastard. Seriously, though, like in terms of uh, an actor to play uh, Wong, up and comer, big in a lot of other things, I would love to see Steven Yoon uh, cast oh as my Wong. God. Can we please, 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 like start like a petition for that? Yeah, right? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, I need him in everything. But I'm also really hoping, like, kind of going to the comic side, that if they were to ever make, like, a saga-like film or anything like that, then he would be the perfect lit marker for that. Ooh. I know, right? I agree with both those ideas. I think well, about you know, the good thing is that clearly the Image Cinematic Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> are separate. Yes! So as long as they don't shoot at the same time, you hear us, Hollywood? You can still make this happen. Just send it. your checks to uh, two guys, a girl, and a comic book podcast. Uh, Probably don't do that, though, because we don't have, like, an LLC, so that would just oh, be pointless yeah. money that we can't cash. What you should do is invite us to the rap party and then just give us a lot of unmarked dollar bills uh, <laughs> under the table, and we'll just take that as payment. What I want you to do is use your Hollywood connections. Make Ryan Reynolds put that shirt on. Impose <laughs> um, with this. to you. From two guys, a girl in a pizza place, and make him go out in public. It's almost like a Scarlet A. It's for Green Lantern. He has to fucking wear it to all of his Hollywood premieres for the okay, rest so of all time. While we're talking like negotiation strategies, like I feel like Ryan, that should be your like clause that you offer to the table. Andy, I don't. You have to think about what you actually want. Like if that's the unmarked bills, or if you want something weirder. But I'd be cool like with the still sixteen with the under the table theme. If we just had like Michael Fassbender under my table, like uh, I feel like that'd be fine. Mm, they can see. do that because he's Magneto. He's in the universe. Yeah, exactly. That's correct, right? You know, you just pull him from the past. Yeah, uh, so that's what I'm saying. Like I would like to be serviced by him repeatedly. Um, Ryan would like <laughs> to embarrass Ryan Reynolds. Oh, and you know, you know what? I I just want a Heroes for Hire movie. Luke Cage, Iron Fist, um, Wendy. Come on, it it's it so, writes itself. 
Still you'll kind of get it. You'll kind of get it when the Netflix series hits. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like the, I mean, the the Netflix stills for like Daredevil and shit look fantastic. So oh, yeah, they look great. Uh, I mean that that looks promising. Can uh, can I just say the the movie that throws me for an absolute loop is Inhumans. Um. Yeah, that's I not mean, what I would have assumed. You're, it, you're like rooted in Final Fan or Fantastic Four lore. And you're going to have to rip all of that out. So I think what they're I think what they're hoping is that by the time three years run around, that they can maybe coax that Fantastic Four license back from Fox or whoever owns it, Sony. I Fox. think that's what they're planning. Yeah. But the Inhumans, at least to me, says that they're really looking to push like the cosmic area of the Marvel universe, you know, with guardians of the galaxy, Dr. Strange to some degree. Um, I don't know. I figure like black bolt and Lockjaw and the rest of the inhumans are kind of in the same vein. Did, have you ever read a, in humans run? Uh, yes, I read, oh God, I forget whose run it was. Um, but it's like, it's like when it's right, it runs like parallel to when the first Illuminati are going on, when it's like Black Bolt and all the other leaders like yeah. def- deciding the fate of 616. Um, and it wasn't bad. Um, I read like when they rebooted it in 2000 with um, what the f- something Paul Jenkins, I think his name is, and Jay Lee was like the big draw, the artist Jay Lee. Hmm, okay. And it's some twisted shit. Yeah, like I, it's like the tutors in Marvel Universe. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the, like, the Inhumans are like a, it's like a pretty fucking universe metal thing. I'm just really excited to see who they cast as Medusa, though, because I'm always down for more redheaded comic book ladies. So, I mean, that's I feel like actually favorite like B characters in the Marvel Universe. I guess he is kind of like a B character because he never really does get like a a bunch of you know page time or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, fuck not, man. I mean, he's not fucking Karnak. <laughs> yeah, it's not a <laughs> character. I'm not talking about. It's definitely if true. You, if if I, you I walk guess... into a room full of nerds, eighty percent of them are still going to be like, "Who the fuck is Karnak?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, he has a really big head and a pencil mustache, and his power is he can sense pressure points. <laughs> Yeah, That's you're, his ability. You're, in your defense, Ryan, you're probably right. Like, I, it's probably closer to about like forty to fifty percent that know who Black Bolt is. Um, it's not. It's not even just them. It's just in general, like within humans. Because like I remember at um, I think it was Emerald City Comic Con like four years ago, somebody did um, cosplay as Crystal, and people kept on calling her Sally Jupiter. So <laughs> let's just say it. Like it's going to get fucking real. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't know, like, I guess, like, the thing is, fucking Black Bolt is insane. Like, his, his like, power level in the universe is, r- like, ridiculous. Like, he never speaks at all unless he's, like, you know, sonically, like, destroying people, I guess. The, the thing that we kind of skipped over in the middle here talking about in humans is Black Panther, which is one of the films that actually does have the lead cast already. Uh, and it's going to be Chadwick Boseman, who played uh, Jackie Robinson in 42 most recently, as T'Challa or the Black Panther, whatever you want to call him. I just want to go on record now. Uh, Marvel, like, you're really sitting on a giant fat stack of cash that you should be sending to Denzel Washington to play <laughs> the ghost Black Panther as his father. Like, I mean... Oh, my God. It needs How to fucking good would that be, though? 
Jesus Christ. I mean, he'd be all disappointed in the decisions that Black Panther makes, you know? He's got a good disappointed face. Um, I, like, so the only movie I've seen Chadwick Boseman in, not 42, not Get On Up, nothing, you know, nothing that holds so much um, credential behind it, uh, but said draft day. That's what I know <laughs> Chadwick Boseman from. <laughs> That fucking Kevin Cosner movie oh about God. football, about being the general manager of the Browns. Why? Wait, Ryan, why did you watch that movie? Why did I you super, I got super movie? into fantasy football this year, man, and I was just like, yeah, I'll watch this movie. Ryan, you're exactly the demographic. They were like, guys, people really like fantasy football, and they were like, all right, we're going to make a movie about draft day. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. What team should we use? And they're like, all right, but here's the thing. We could not get the rights to any of the other NFL teams except for the Cleveland Browns. That's <laughs> what, funny. Is that- the thing, oh, my God. The thing that I recognize him and, like, um, can, like, picture him on my head from playing is, like, this one, like, weird offshoot fucking um, episode of Lie to Me. That show that got canceled back in like 2010. Uh, that was like with Tim Roth, right? Where he like yeah, yeah okay. Because I have like this weird lady boner about Tim Roth that I don't know how to explain, but like I remember he was in one of those episodes. I'm like, yeah, man, great Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dominate me. <laughs> uh, but I just want to like, I mean, also like, you know, let's not put aside that like. Black Panther is, like, the ultimate, like, kicking of the, like, savage fucking stereotype. He leads, like, he leads, like, his African nation in fucking, they're, like, responsible for 90% of the technology in the Marvel Universe. They're insanely prosperous, secretive because they're, like, yo, the white man's fucking trouble. And, (laughs) like, I don't know, I mean, I I just couldn't (laughs) be happier about fucking the Black Panther movie. I am, too. Like, it's just gonna open up, like, this unparalleled world of black excellence on comic book um, realms and I'm super fucking stoked. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, he's good. He's like their Batman. He's like the dark side of Batman. Yeah. I mean, he's just a rich dude, a rich dude with no powers. That's what he is. Yeah. I mean, uh, how, I mean, I hate to, fight you on the dark side of Batman, but I really kind of feel like the dark side of Batman is Moon Knight, because he's just like batshit fucking oh, oh. crazy. I'm going to agree with you there, though. <laughs> also, I love Moon Knight. Like, if, if, like, if, I would be so pissed if I died and I'm up in heaven, and like two days later, they're like, Marvel, 90 years down the road, they're like, finally, a Moon Knight movie. Like, like no. I would be fucking furious. That would heaven didn't pay for the distribution rights! <laughs> That would be if you went to hell, because in heaven you would see it as soon as they announced it. Like that film would already be done, and you'd get to watch it immediately. No, if I, if I went to hell, that like Moon Knight would also be a movie there, but like <laughs> Martin Lawrence would be Moon Knight. Oh, no. It's Tracy Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, if you guys haven't seen it yet, there's a there's a short film, like a fan film that came out last month or two months ago or whatever. It's called Storms of Carnage, and it's a it's a Black Panther short film. Um, it's really awesome, and some guy made it, you know, as like a tech film to try to get his name out there. But it was super awesome. There's like even a storm cameo in it. But 
yeah, check it out. It's called Storms of Carnage because it just really showcases like what I feel like the movie's kind of going to be. It's just really like brutal fighting. I don't know. I'm excited. I found that. I'm gonna. I'll pull it and put it in the show notes for when we put this up, so people can find it. But, um, yeah, yeah, it has, it has potential. I'm excited. Marvel. I think that like as weird as some of the picks are, I think they really went in the direction they need to. So, uh, so something else that this kind of comes on the heels of. I realized I didn't put this in the show notes, but uh, is kind of Marvel also throughout the week was announcing they're going to be rebooting a bunch of these kind of like older events and stuff in the future is what they were saying, I believe. Like, they're going to be uh, bringing back, like, um, like Secret Wars as, like, another event and stuff like that. Is, is have, have they, like, officially announced what's going on with that? Like, yeah, and and I hate to be so vague, but, yeah, I think all they've shown is really kind of, like, the solicits, uh, like, maybe, like, a couple for each of those little things showing, like, a splash page of, you know, superheroes fighting and shit like that. But they showed a lot like, of them. Like, some of those I'm, like... Some of those I'm cool with, like that Armor Wars picture they showed with a, a, a set or a Galactus Buster armor for Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm cool with that, but um, like I don't need another Civil War. That's kind of like, I I mean, realistically, like I don't need another Fantastic Four movie right now. <laughs> I, I, I I'm not over hating the last one. <laughs> what are they? Are they gonna kill Captain America again? Like I don't understand. Like what are you gonna do? I'm really excited for somebody to kill Spider-Man so we can get Miles Morales, though. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay, this is, like, the one thing about that. I will kill you (laughs) if that happens. Because I like Miles Morales. But for me, I'm just watching, like, the fucking Hunger Games right now. Um, For me, it was totally Kelsey. <laughs> Peter Parker's the definitive Spider-Man, which like, is that weird. Is the... You mentioned Hunger Games too, because when I think I of can't... Secret Wars, I think of Hunger Games. <laughs> I I just can't like you could replace Bruce Wayne as Batman before you could replace Peter Parker as Spider-Man. It's because you were a nerdy, awkward white boy with quick jokes. That's why. <laughs> I mean, That's like a hundred percent. Why? I, mean, I definitely <laughs> think that. I definitely think that. Like to a lot of people. Peter Parker kind of is like the quintessential superhero, you know, he kind of gets his powers by accident. He at first abuses them, learns a damn hard lesson, rip uncle Ben, and then fucking, you know, he comes around great power, great responsibility. I think, uh, getting rid of Peter Parker is like a really clever idea. And, uh, most notably, uh, talentless hack, Dan Slott uh, tried to do just that with Superior Spider-Man, which was initially very interesting, in which Peter Parker and Doc Ock, like, switch brains. Yeah, I heard about that. But then it was, like, it it was very clear at the beginning that he was like, this is a great idea, guys. And they were like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then four issues down the line, they were like, so where are you going with this man? He was like, It was just, like, the issue arc in the middle of, like, Doc Ock trying to, like, jerk himself off. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it, and and it, it really kind of devolved into, and at first I was like, okay, well, Dr. Octopus is like, you know, he's like a fucking psychopath, right? So like he's a little bit egotistical and he's going to be like, wah, you know, for himself. <laughs> but uh, no, it was just fucking batshit crazy. And and I think beca- that I think that is my like case study in that like you probably don't kill off Peter Parker. Like 
Yeah. You I just like to me – like I said, I'd be more OK with killing off Bruce Wayne. Be, Peter Parker, he's – it's almost like Peter Parker is a more important character than Spider-Man when it comes to Spider-Man. I mean because Bruce Wayne's not – who cares? Bruce Wayne's a boring billion. He doesn't do anything interesting <laughs> oh when God, he's Bruce Wayne. People would hit you in your face right now. Uh, no, I mean I love Batman. I'm a hardcore Batman fan, like very hardcore. I more since God Batman, like best thing almost ever written in my opinion. I love his entire run on Justice League. But like you can throw anyone behind the Batman mask because Bruce Wayne is just a boring billionaire dude who has to fake being interested in things all the time because he's actually Batman and thinking about how he's trying to stop the Joker. But like to me, Peter Parker is such an important character more – almost more so than so, – like if you read a Spider-Man book – much of it is Peter Parker, and if you read a Batman book, how much of it is Bruce Wayne? I feel you. I feel you. I really just want Donald Glover to be Spider-Man. <laughs> to argue for Kelsey's point, honestly, like Miles Morales is a pretty, you know, important character as well. The whole thing where it was like, uh, man, it was like uh, Gambino was, uh, or Donald Glover, Charles Gambino was being interviewed in uh, in something and he was talking about how you know how like he was kind of he had a lot of backlash from like him saying like yeah it would be really awesome if I was Spider-Man and stuff and um there were so many people that were like there's no fucking way that you could be Spider-Man you know and of course these are terrible like bigoted people but in the same way <laughs> like you know to to Miles Morales's defense like you know who says that it's not Miles Morales in the you know in the experiment room that day who gets bit by a radioactive spider and you know his story is still pretty interesting i don't know my favorite quote from gambino or god donald glover um too is when he was talking i forget i think he's maybe on the nerdist when he was talking to chris hardwick about it he said like seriously though like you have like a kid who lives with his aunt whose uncle was shot and killed in the street who lives in queens and you're gonna assume that he's white (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't don't give a shit if peter parker's black make him black i don't care i just wanted to be peter parker like when they announced i mean i don't care about the whole race thing has never bothered me. You want to yeah. make John Storm black? Go for it. Oh, I don't yeah. give a thing. I, you know, I think uh, what's his face from fucking the Daredevil movie was probably the only good part of that movie. Oh, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't. I like the race change doesn't bother me. I just like Peter Parker to me. Like there's certain characters. When you're like, hey, man, do you know Richard Ryder's not Nova anymore? I'm be like, hey, man, I didn't know Richard Ryder was Nova in the fucking first place. <laughs> I mean, I absolutely do because his name is Dick Ryder, and I think it's one of the ho- most hilarious things ever happened in comic <laughs> Whoever books. made it that name is like just like constantly like laughing and stuff like, yeah. It's like an 80-something-year-old uh, man asks, like twirling arthritic thumbs and laughing. <laughs> but there's like so many characters out there, like even just like – I, you're right, though, Kelsey. Like the reason I love Peter Parker is because I relate to him. Because as a young nerdy white boy who uh, automatic self defense mechanism was like humor, I relate to him. But even just like people in general, like if you went around in a group of like to a, in a room of people and asked them like, "What is you know like Captain America's name? Like what's his real name?" Like you could do even popularized superheroes, and they'd most likely still there would be people who don't know. But, like, Peter Parker is pretty much synonymous with Spider-Man. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just more about, I don't know. Like, I have this really, I don't know how to phrase this correctly. I'm just really about, like, representation for people who that aren't white boys. Like, no offense. You guys have had your turn. <laughs> no, no. And I think, uh, I mean, I think that 
neither of us are really like arguing against that point from that angle either. Oh, no, I know, I know. Right? Yeah, exactly. But you I guys mean, are pieces of shit. But yeah, like, yeah. just saying, like the Falcon being Captain America right now. I'm yeah, like, right. Like the answer to that question is Sam Wilson, not Steve Rogers right now, right? <laughs> Which also have you? I mean, you've read Access, right? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you want to talk about it a yes. lot. Uh, what's up? What's up? Okay, so we've talked about movies. Let's move on to comic books. Yes, let's uh, do it. Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful yeah, transition. Movies are really long time. Well, movies are important to well, us, they're I guess. Important. Yeah, it's a big deal now. But Access, so I'm reading it. I really – okay, one, when did the Falcon get so fucking funny? Like apparently he's like a jokester now. He's like ribbon with Hawkeye. He's like, hey, hey, jokes, yeah, um, which I'm okay with. Like I like how they're writing him right now. Um, but two, like – I don't know how I feel about this story all this story arc overall of like trading off the shield again. Just like I feel like it's like such a almost like a cop out. They're like, "Man, what like what do you guys think a good idea is?" And they're like, "No, no, I'm not trading the shield. Like I don't care that Sam uh, that Sam Wilson is Captain America. I mean the whole story arc of, of Axis. Oh, of Axis altogether? I totally agree with you. So mm-hmm. One of the comics that I'm kind of I've been kind of really enjoying, Colin Bunn has a run of Magneto, and it's kind of, you know, it's like Magneto post like the uh, M Day stuff, and you know all the weird mutant stuff going on. So it doesn't have necessarily all the you know juice from his powers. And initially he's working with Cyclops, and he's like, you know what, like fuck Cyclops, and like I'm gonna go fucking handle shit myself because I'm fucking Magneto. And basically, it's him, like, gripping, coming to grips with, like, how fucking, like, brutally he's punishing people and stuff. And he's, like, every issue he, like, thinks about, like, oh, man, like, I'm fucking, like, kind of being a little too crazy. And he's, like, nah. He fucking experiences something else that just, like, puts him over and then he does. So this fucking whole fucking comic arc is moving him towards this weird, crazy fucking, like, concentration camp thing where there's, like, mutants die and everything. And all of a sudden it's, like... Oh, it's the fucking Red Skull, and somehow he's got fucking Charles Xavier's brain, and he's a crazy super psychic, and then Magneto kills him. Like, he just murks him, because he's like, I'm fucking Magneto's son. And then he's fucking red onslaught, he's 40 feet tall, and he's got, got, like, giant fucking sentinels and shit. I mean, like, come on, guys. We could have had, like, the mutants are killing other mutants, because they feel like they're unique, and they think that the new other mutants that are coming out aren't as pure, and now Magneto has to deal with, like, what is a pure mutant, and he has to deal with this fucking thing all over again, which is at the core of the series. But no, giant fucking red skull onslaught. (laughs) <laughs> There's two huge problems with this story arc too. Like one, what and like I hate the Red Hulk so much. Word. Because the Red Hulk to me was when you give the Hulk a gun, that is just the worst writing you can yeah. ever do. So yeah, why does like, Hulk need a gun? Dumb. Can you just pick and up then, any object as a projectile and throw it just as hard as a gun? Like I imagine whatever person like was writing that particular thing or thought of that particular thing first was like, you know what? This is going to be fucking awesome. You know what? It's not. It's really, it really shouldn't have surprised Michael Bay of comics right now. It was Stop. Jeff Loeb. It really shouldn't have surprised anyone that it was well, Jeff, Jeff Loeb. Jeff should sit in a corner and think about what he's done. Like, like I, 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 Jeff Loeb had an incredible out. run on Batman in the 90s and like – I'm going to sound like the worst person alive, but his son died and he got really shitty at writing comic books <laughs> and like – you know, like. Dude, I tried not I, to laugh, but it didn't work, and I'm so no, sorry. It's a horrible, it's a horrible tragedy. Know, you know, realistically, it's, like, it's not his fault. But like Joe Casada 
really should have been like, I don't really think you're in the position to write comic books right now, man. <laughs> and like taking like that how, power away I like from how, I like how one more day Joe Casada is the person that you're making as like the fucking like higher authority on comic book <laughs> quality there. Like he's like, maybe you should make a deal with Mephisto to bring back your son and reset your life so that we can get this comic book back on track, my friend. It's like a plot twist of Super That is. That is like the worst like can of worms you could open because if there's anything I hate more than the Red Hulk, it's one more day. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. The the uh, sorry. Well, now we're gonna talk about one more day because I mentioned it uh, for just one moment. The one part of one more day that I enjoy is when Peter Parker at the end of all of this is like everyone in his life has died. His life is in shambles, and he decides he's like, you know what? I'm gonna turn myself into the fucking police, and he goes into the prison, and this entire prison of criminals, uh, you know, superhumans and shit who have been arrested and shit, and in the middle of them is fucking the kingpin, and he's like, yeah, you're in my fucking house now, and Peter Parker is like, nah, son, I wanted to be here, come get some, and he like fucking kills the kingpin. Yep, And it was the greatest part of the comic. And then it was horrible. The rest of it is bad, (laughs) but that one part in the prison was just like, Yes! (laughs) Digressing from how much I hate the Red Hulk and the Red She-Hulk. Basically what you're saying is you shouldn't add other colors to Hulks to make a new character. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't, you don't need to, you don't need to call him Red Onslaught. This isn't a fucking Pokemon. Like, I get that it's just Onslaught and it's Red Skull now. Like Pokemon like an old person. Yeah, come on, Ryan. Don't lie. You and me, you and me, and Kelsey, all three of us, we all played a damn fucking ton of Pokemon in back in. The I know, day. it's true, but These it's just Pokemans. God damn it! Damn damn Pokemans! I remember back in the day when there was just a hundred and fifty-one of them things. Man, now there's like newfangled things. They're like frogs and shit. Like what the now fuck is that? Like ice cream or trash goblins? <laughs> Yo, but, legit, okay, you don't need to call him Red Onslaught. Like, are we calling Captain America Black America? Like, we don't need we don't need like the adjective in front of his name to get the point across. Like, yeah. I'm I'm intelligent enough to look at him and understand that it is Red Skull yeah. as yeah, Onslaught. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the real the real nail in the coffin. What in where does Marvel? look at and they go yeah onslaught that was a successful like part of our history you know what the, the funny thing is is that like I, I it happened and i was like oh onslaught and i was like he was a he was a a, a giant um comic book villain and i was like can i think of the last time that i saw onslaught and I, I i really couldn't not in terms of comics the only thing i could think of was uh x-men versus street fighter in the arcade pouring tokens into that thing <laughs> To beat it as Cyclops and Charlie, you know, and I, and, and like, but that's all of my onslaught. So, it's a giant fucking health bar. That's my knowledge you, of. You onslaught. know what onslaught is, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I do. I it's it's a it's a manifest it's a manifestation of Charles Xavier and Magneto's psyche, essentially. Yes, in a Sentinel suit, pretty much. And the last time that onslaught existed, the Marvel universe. It was when they initially tried to do an Ultimate Universe, and they rebooted, and they did Heroes Reborn, and it was like spearheaded by He Who Must Not Be Named, and like that—that—that that, that is the fucking—that's the crux of like events that happened to give us giant boob Captain America, like. 
everything I hate about Oh, Ryan's about a robot. Uh, <laughs> comic books is because of Onslaught. I think my so favorite thing I just, about I this really... podcast so far is whenever the internet wants to self-regulate Ryan, it just cuts out his internet. Well, I, I, I gotta say, like, you know, the whole red Onslaught, like, it's Red Skull as Onslaught. Like, it's just really lazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like... The lesson here is, like, don't be fooled by comic book events, right? Sometimes they're not very good. <laughs> uh, well, and the whole thing with comic book events, like, realistically, it started with Civil War. Like, Civil War was so successful that Marvel is just like, we have to do this once a year. Yeah. And because of that, like, we've just – I mean, we, we got, like, Secret Invasion out of it, which was – pretty good but like there have just been some real fucking piles of shit in between <laughs> you know, like did anyone like does anyone even remember what happened in siege like you're like oh yeah that was the thing okay i, I remember was again i remember one portion of siege when like asgard is like floating over midgard nebraska right, right? yeah nebraska right and tony stark has the audacity to fly up and tell like thor that he's like hey Thor, just so you know, man, if you keep encroaching Asgard onto Midgard, we're going to have to do something about it. And Thor, like, grabs Tony by the throat, <laughs> flies him up in the atmosphere, and he's like, son, do you know what fucking power is? He's like, you're just a man in the suit. And he, like, crushes his helm and drops him to the fucking earth. Like, that was good. The rest of Siege, not so good. Like, Andy, I'm glad that you remember, like, the most badass moments of every horrible comic <laughs> well, plot line. Well, you don't understand. Written. Like, I've got to troll through the trash, and then I've got to, like, record the one positive memory so that, like, all my time spent reading terrible comic book events, because I've read Doesn't all of them, nothing. isn't, like, enough to crush my psyche and drive me to, like, you know, go sit in a corner and cry or something. I will say, though, if you get a chance, the Hobgoblin, like, spinoff series is highly entertaining. I know, like, I know they're releasing this week, Carnage number one. Um, and, and I think that's like a, there's like, Carnage is maybe a good guy? He, he I think he, he is. Yeah. Um, Carnage, uh, Absorbing Man, Doctor Doom, Enchantress, Hobgoblin, Loki, Mystique, Sabretooth, and this gem of a villain, <laughs> Jack-O-Lantern. Uh, all good now. <laughs> totally not because it's Halloween time, guys. <laughs> Jack O' Lantern, a C-list Spider-Man villain from the '80s, also a good guy now. Man, they did that not that long ago with someone else. Oh, with the with the um, the Who Killed the Watcher event. Um, they brought back fucking uh, Orb and oh my God, uh, yeah. Midas, right? Two like C-list villains from. Who fucking knows when to do that whole shit. But anyways, actually, I missed this wonderful transition earlier when we were talking about Miles Morales. And uh, I wanted to talk about All New X-Men, which has been on a decent-ish run. Um, I don't know when Bendis will stop pulling X-Men through time. Um, Bendis! But, uh, you know, he's... Uh, I can't do it, dude. But in the newest one, Jean Grey is, like, hanging out with Miles Morales somehow. Which is kind of interesting, <sighs> to some degree. Like he makes some, he doesn't always make great choices. Like I'm largely okay with it though. But with Bendis, I just, I just love most of his work. Yeah, uh, I'll agree. I, I would say Bendis is one of the most consistent writers yeah, in comics. I mean, exactly. 
for all the faults that bringing a new set of X-Men through time for the three bazillionth time in comics um, <laughs> has involved in it, uh, there are, like, some small bits. Like, I love any time that, like, a character gets to kind of, like, look at themselves in the past or the future. He had some really great, like, times when he, like, points out, like, just how much of a fucking hypocrite, like, Beast is. You know, like, he's always, like, so, oh, yeah, you know, I'm fucking Hank McCoy. I'm a dog. Oh, my stars and garters. But he also, like, fucks with the universe, like, at a whim to solve his problems quite easily. Which is, is cool, but I, I think for the most part it can kind of, yeah. The X-Men and, like, they're just assholes. I love the X-Men. Okay, so, like, two years ago I embarked oh. Oh. on the what I think, I think Emma Frost is a uh, journey of ruining your reading condition. all 700 Uncanny issues of Uncanny X-Men. My favorite part is that he just keeps going uh, and I don't okay. know. Ryan. I don't know. I, I don't know, know what's going on with the internet, but it seems to be, like... <laughs> getting crazy at the moment i heard that you okay so i heard that you said essentially that a few years ago went out on the expedition to read through all 700 issues of uncanny x-men now this is also something that one of our friends rob uh you guys know rob right uh he told me he was going to do that same thing because he was like i want to start from the beginning um you know and i think he got to like issue 103 and then he was like i can't do it i can't do it anymore he was like, I, I can't read bad comics anymore. I was like, hey, man, I warned you. I was like, I gave you a point that you could, like, start from kind of in the middle. Like, you could just read Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men. It's a really good run. Oh, you know? my but God. You can, start, you can start at all new X-Men. Like, when Chris Claremont introduces, like, Wolverine, Colossus, like, everything before that is utter garbage. It's just Stan Lee, like, pretending to be, like, a beatnik and philosophical. And it really bumps me out. And, like, I love the man for creating the universe that I spend so much time in, but, like, he was a horrible writer. But if anyone fucks with time, like, it's nobody's business. It's the X-Men. Like, they just don't give a shit. (laughs) Like, I remember one time someone was like, I was like, I think I want to watch Lost. And they're like, it's pretty complicated, man. Do you think you can understand it? And I was like, bitch, I understand the Summers family, like the whole, their whole familial line. So, yes, I can understand fucking yes, law. Let me tell you about how uh, Cable grew up in the future and the past simultaneously. And, oh my gosh. Uh, but, anyways, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that I should have some sort of like honorary degree for understanding everything that's <laughs> happened in the X-Men universe. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I- like one of those bullshit ones, like imaginary numbers or like abstract it's fractions like the or something. Phoenix Online presents you, Ryan, with his <laughs> honorary. As long as I don't have to take out like a student loan with like a huge interest rate to get you that degree, Ryan. Like we need to contribute to that because, like, I feel like you know mundane knowledge of time travel minute <laughs> from fucking e- comics is something that you are expert in. <laughs> Like, when you say it like that, it kind of bumps me out a little bit. But. <laughs> I mean, to be such a Debbie Downer, sorry. Uh, so speaking of uh, bumming people out, uh, let's talk about uh, that other X-Men-related event. Uh, something that had to do with the uh, ending of someone's life. A, a rather oh, iconic character. Also, the death of Wolverine. I mean, Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I really like that Marvel just owned up and they're like, hey, we're bringing him back in like three months. So like straight from the get go, Marvel was like, he's not going to be dead for very long. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, did either of you read this uh, this comic series at all? Yeah, I read it all. Yep. Um, so I, I read it also. Um, I mean, it's very clear. Like, I, I like what you said, Ryan, because they very clearly did own up. They were like, "Hey, guys, just so you know, this is the death of Wolverine, but it's totally not permanent." Okay. <laughs> like stage yeah, exactly for reals like i feel like there was like a flashing screen behind the announcement of death of wolverine that like said like just for now guys um but like the way that it ends with he's like uh like like uh melted inside of whatever it is it's adamantium i guess yeah, yeah. I mean, can we also just talk about for a second um steve mcniven's art on it because it's so it's so so like every time I look at it, it just makes me like. Uh. Yeah. See, like, I like Steve McNiven sometimes. I really liked he did um, Nemesis with Mark Miller, mm-hmm. which I like loved. Uh, and then even like the first issue, I felt like the first issue of Death of Wolverine was like okay. And then the more time that went on, he just started like giving up. Yeah, I felt, and he was like, "I don't really need to be so tight with my lines." I, I, I really felt like by the fourth issue, like I could see the comic like falling apart, like the writing, the the art. Like I was like, people are just mailing it in at this point. They're like, "Death of Wolverine, he's not even staying dead." This is issue four. We're out of here. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I really like. For a second, I kind of liked the idea like that they were hunting down everyone who had adamantium in them. Like they had killed Cyber. They were after Lady Deathstrike. Um, mm. And then they just like completely forego that really. And they're like, now Wolverine's arch nemesis in this series is a six-year-old dude with no superpowers. Yeah. They're like, do you remember <laughs> that vague name call out in really old Wolverine comic books about the possible origin of Weapon X? Guess what? Like, fucking jesus man like i understand that like sometimes like the comic book industry wants to like give like you know like the the all-time the long-time reader like a little nudge like i mean that's obviously what the fucking howard the duck thing is at the end of guardians of the galaxy right it's like it's like high five guys you remember when we were fucking writing movies about totally not donald duck remember and like (laughs) but like fucking you know to a certain degree it's like come on guys like can't we just like all be professionals about this and like but the best part of Death of Wolverine is that last scene when he's on the roof um, because it just reminds me of the movie Gargoyles <laughs> when they would turn to stone when the sun came up. Like, that's all I can think of. Holy fuck. I feel like I need to, like, go back and watch that movie because, like, I feel like he might have been, like, looking at that ending as he was drawing that, like – because it's like the sun is coming up and like there he is on the roof moving all slow and then he just stops (laughs) at the edge of the roof and i was like oh he's a gargoyle now yeah i don't know it was the the whole thing when they were like yeah like you know uh the death of wolverine is a thing that's happening like i mean i don't know like they've he's fucking got the healing what a talent like he's gonna come back what a talented writer to just squander that i also saw that in those solicits that they were showing the old man logan storyline which is like the the (laughs) the best worst idea ever it's like man you know what would be really cool is if suddenly like america just like devolved into superhumans and supervillains and the supervillains got control 
And then Wolverine went on a killing rampage. Yeah, that'd be really good. And then you start reading With it. With blind and you're Hawkeye. Like, what the fuck? Blind Hawkeye's driving a dune buggy <laughs> and shooting fucking bow and arrows into the fucking enemies? Like, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, it's like. I, I think love my Wolverine. favorite part of Death of Wolverine is all the amazing articles online that it spawned. Yeah. <laughs> like, the reactions to it are better for me than the actual, like, oh. book, but, like. I mean, I definitely had a better time discussing it with the two of you than I had reading the four issues. I can say that for sure. <laughs> like, seriously, like, I if you just do, like, a quick Google search, like, one of the first things you see is Death of Wolverine, 10 ways to make it not suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just so many good snarky fucking nerds who are just on the prowl right now. And I think this is perfect momentum. For- or, I mean, that, that comic was just... I don't know. Just reading it, it's like Kitty Pride shows up for two pages. Sweet cameo. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's like the rope cameo in fucking Days of Future Past, which got me my fucking blood boiling. It, you know, it was. Oh it's one God. of those things where it's like, transparently, it's just an excuse to inject some comic sales for a while. Like, oh, I love Wolverine. Everyone loves Wolverine. He's dying. No, but it was like I, I mean. There were some other things going on, like Storm has a solo book right now that I think for the time being is being written by Greg Pak. I'm not sure. I don't have to. I'll um, but uh, but, but uh, uh, one of the issues that is like Storm and Wolverine go on like a date inside the construct thing, the thing that like Phantom X and Dr. Nemesis live inside. And it's like last forever and they only spend a day inside of it and they just go on a date. And it was like kind of like – it was kind of interesting to like see Wolverine be put there, and then I remembered like the twelve other Marvel events throughout the years that have like tried <laughs> to humanize Wolverine when he like went to Japan and became like a fucking samurai and shit. And like, I don't know, like I'm, I don't know, how much further can you bring the fucking never dying man? Which also, I love yeah. Wolverine. I love Wolverine yeah. as a character. Like to me, it's almost just like. Let me enjoy him as a character. Like, stop trying. I don't need anything profound from Wolverine. I'm not expecting some fucking mind-shattering philosophical, like, <laughs> bullshit from Wolverine. I literally just want to see a dude get drunk, smoke cigars, and kill people. And, and, and like, that's what Wolverine well, is for. Oh and, that's exa- you know what? and that's exactly what it is, uh, is that Wolverine doesn't need to have a fucking big, giant fucking send-off. Like, he's fucking Wolverine, man. Like, if, if he didn't have the fucking... Mm-hmm healing factor he would have died silently on a fucking battlefield on any of the millions of times he put his life on the line or whatever also the whole when did Sabretooth come back to life uh, like when that did was, that happen uh, that was a little bit back but it was in the lead up to this there was this thing that was going on uh with a guy who may or may not have been logan's brother and it was really bad just he's back that was it. That Romulus dude, I, I, maybe I think. Oh, God, I don't know. Why? Wolverine's like Wolverine's history is as confusing as the entire X Men's history. <laughs> like, and sometimes you're like, "Oh, it's not that bad." Once you get past Cyclops, but you're like, "No, it really is." Because like, even Colossus has some like bullshit sister that is, you know, queen of the Hell World. And she was also, you know, a mutant who died because of the legacy virus, but she came back and then his brother has weird teleportation powers and was a Morlock. Like, and you're just like, that's just Colossus. Like, uh, oh, and then, you know, Nightcrawler's mom is as mystique and his half sister or his foster sister is rogue. My favorite, my favorite, like, weird fucking X-Men background is that, like, Storm, when she was younger, was just like, 
flew over to Africa and was like, I'm the fucking goddess of Africa, bitches. Like, <laughs> kneel to weather's Much. fucking yeah. power. And she just, like, lorded over people for a while. And she's always just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up of me. <laughs> yeah, also, um, there is an issue of X-Men that definitely has Storm pickpocket Professor X. <laughs> Which is like, like as a small child, the worst. Yeah, Not like girl. as like it's like it's like toddler uh, toddler storm, and she's like Professor X is on one of his zany adventures. Pre is this when, he was, is this when he's, he's like leaning like, across the table and he's like, "That's a really groovy mutation you have there." Yeah, pretty much. Except he's like in Egypt for some fucking reason, and like storms there, and she's just like hee hee hee, and like pickpockets him, and he thinks it's adorable. I like, that was in the I like 90s, that you're like he thinks this girl. I was I was kind of anticipating that you were gonna be like you were gonna be like, and it was ridiculous because of course Professor X wouldn't fucking would fucking know that someone's pickpocketing. But oh, he's just like, oh, what a cute little girl. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, she got me. That was good. If I wasn't a telepath, I wouldn't um, know about that. Can we? So we didn't talk about um, DC at all. <laughs> yeah, let's continue. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one thing. The only DC I care about, I love Arrow and The Flash. I know. Okay. As far as, like, superhero comic book television goes, like, I am obsessed with those shows. Um, they're fucking great. They're beautifully shot. And the characters are amazing. And, and I don't understand why DC television understands, like, what DC movies don't. Like, it's okay to embrace the comic book nerdiness of a comic book universe. Exactly. Ah, it's so good. Although I will say, like, I'm super, super disappointed in the way that Gotham's turned out thus far. Like, I'm not fucking impressed with that. And, like, some things that they do are just so lazy and obvious. Like, whereas, like, Arrow or The Flash are both, like, super ingenious, and they're not, like, fucking forcing material down your throats. But Gotham's just like, no, look who it is! Look! You know that guy? I know you know that guy! Look at him! Like, fuck you, man. Damn. (laughs) He said riddle. Who is it? Yeah, I have a riddle for you. Shut up, God. I love the casting in Gotham. Uh, I don't know. Donald Logue as Harvey Bullock Okay, here's the thing. Like, Donald Logue has just made good in anything. Like, seriously. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm much more in the Kelsey camp than the Ryan camp on this one. Like, I watched the first episode of Gotham. Like, maybe because I was just a little bit too hyped from some of the people at work. But, like, I was like, man, like, I was like, I saw Gritty Batman. There's three movies of it. And most people really enjoyed them. This isn't Frank Miller fucking Dark Knight Returns as an old man. And they've already up like the ivy storyline like i fucking hate where they're going with every character like they're making it so obvious it's like they feel they should know at this point from the other tv shows that they have going on and like the other shows that they're running that like comic book fans are going to come out in fucking droves and watch your goddamn shows especially if they're shot well which gotham is but they're making it so like i don't know it's like I can't think of another way to phrase it except for like in World of Warcraft or any kind of game where they like nerf down the content so that way it can be more accessible. Like, so everybody can get it. So somebody who's somehow gone through their lives and never heard of Batman before can be like, oh my god, that's, oh, okay, I get it. He's funny. He's a Riddler. Like, I I see where they're going. I just hate it. I hate it so much. I kind of get that. Like, <laughs> Sorry, that's Kelsey's rant. No, no, I mean, well, I... I... 
I kind of get it because especially with like where the shows are positioned because those are both like what like uh, like network TV shows right they're not on like a cable channel or anything right. yeah all of these are on like the CW yeah like they're really something. definitely like aiming for you know kind of that that kind of like lowest common denominator demographic and like I don't know if you know just a bad call yeah. I think that the comic book storyline in my opinion is much better suited to something like a mini series of like eight to nine issues or, or, you know, <laughs> shows that is not issues, <laughs> uh, you know, like where you can follow like a, a consigned arc because I feel like anytime they do the like ambitious show about everything, like, I don't know, even, even arrow and flash, like I've, I've watched some, but I'm not as hooked as either one of you guys are. It sounds like, but you know, I don't know. I just feel like it could be done with a bit more tact and exactly. it kind of hurts to see it not done that way speaking of miniseries though with like an eight episode thing like you hit it right on the fucking head with agent carter that's coming out a i'm stoked as shit for it because again any kind of like marvel lady badass i'm super into however i'm so so disappointed in like their marketing and pr material right now like did you guys see the trailer for it that came out like today or yesterday or something i saw, I saw it mentioned but i didn't actually get a chance to, ch- to check it out or whatever okay so like the only voiceover that it has is literally like, verbatim the words sometimes the best man for the job is a woman you suck my dick uh, right now abc like how dare you fuck it oh She's so much more important than that. Like, that tagline is just ruining everything. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to stop whining about it, but I'm really upset. <laughs> um, I'm, I was just saying, like, for me, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, I have no interest. It shouldn't even have a Marvel tagline on it. It should just be called, like, Spy Show. <laughs> because realistically, like, wh- I mean, yeah, they're okay. So they brought Mockingbird and Deathlock into it finally, which is nice. But, like, especially in the first season... Hey, there's this guy, and he has fire powers. So who is he? Scorch. Because Marvel doesn't already have like one thousand fucking characters with fire powers that you what, couldn't you mean, use. Like Sunspot, or like any of the three Human Torches, <laughs> or Sunfire, or especially because he was Asian. Like you really had a lot of options here. See, like I get what you're saying with that, but I actually really love Agents of Shield. I don't know. I just Clark Gregg is just See, that's the thing. Like wonderful human. Oh, he's the man. Yeah. And like, but it's it's the hardcore nerd in me that makes me so mad at that show because I want to like it and I watch it and I'm like, this is pretty good. But having the Marvel tagline on it is like, I get so mad anytime that they're like, oh yeah, like this character is super generic bad guy name. I'm like, that's not a fucking character. Why are you making up new characters? Like, I think the first guy with um the the fuck they ended up calling him like i think that one was definitely like come on you could have definitely tried but like for the most part i think they found their footing like the beginning of the first season was a little bit shaky but like since then like it's just been fucking pretty great i think especially it'll be great uh, integration between all the films which i fucking love yeah that was pretty groundbreaking how they crossed yeah, and then they have, like, Samuel L. Jackson handing over S.H.I.E.L.D. to Coulson, like, on network TV? Are you kidding me? Like, I was 
I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I gotta say, like, strictly from, like, a business and marketing perspective for, like, yeah. the Marvel Cinema brand, that show is fucking genius. Like, exactly. they drop, like, a special teaser at, like, the end of the shows when, like, a movie is coming out at the time. There was, like, a Thor teaser when it happened. They there just... was a Thor episode after the movie came out? Yeah, exactly. There's, like, an episode... Yeah, there's all these, like, little, like, stingers and stuff that they add in there to, like, add in stuff. Like, it's fucking so perfect for, like, the marketing department. Like, let's call it what it is. It's like, it's a season-long, like, ad promo that lasts an hour every week. But, like, it's so good. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think, Ryan, you you calling it kind of, like, generic spy show? It kind of is. Like, it's, like, generic spy show with, like, some Marvel sprinkles on top. And I think you're probably not as fan, big a fan of it because initially, like, I was super excited for it, too. And then I was, like, a little disappointed in, the in like, the first season and I haven't, you know, I haven't come back to it, but the Marvel name has gotten so much, like, acclaim from all of the fucking wonderful movies that we've had in the last few years that maybe we've kind of all mentally, like, raised the bar a bit, you know? See, but, like, I actually kind of agree with the whole, like, generic spy show with Marvel sprinkles, but I think that's actually kind of fucking rad because they're not pandering to me. So, like, it's not like how Gotham where they're just like, look at this thing that we're doing with all these people that you love. Ah! Like, it's just it's totally cool to be independent and be its own storyline and have its own independent characters that don't exist anywhere else in the universe and then do it from the other side but still remind you occasionally that it's still part of it and i think that that's really interesting so i liked that's, it that's why I love arrow and flash is because mm-hmm. I, I, gotham, can't, gotham panda is like a hundred percent that's what i'm they're saying that's why i hate it they're telegraphing the entire season but but like arrow is like the first season when Arrow introduced Count Vertigo, like no one but the nerdiest of nerds knows who fucking Count Vertigo is. So, so people watching the show are like, "Oh, he's a like he's kind of cool." And then like you know, people like me, like super hardcore nerds, are like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I get a live action Count Vertigo. Like I get a live action Suicide Squad. Are you fucking yeah, kidding those. me? Like okay, and I Suicide get Squad was so it. good. Yeah. I think that and, like, I- they just." They just introduced Captain Cold in The Flash. Like, they're mm-hmm. totally embracing, like, the super, even just, like, yeah, he has a fucking freeze gun, but that exists. Yeah, like... I think that they were going to make, like, a Suicide Squad TV show or something, weren't they? That was being shopped around for a bit, I think. Um, I, I think what we've kind of stumbled upon is that there's definitely a balance, right, between, like, how comic booky you get and how much you want to take, like it seriously as like a cinematic like you know like tv show or whatever and i think marvel is pro the agents of shield is probably finding their footing you know and i think arrow and flash admittedly maybe have like a better blueprint for that than something like gotham does where i think gotham is pretty clearly trying to like reach and be like we're gritty like the fucking nolan verse but like also like look at all these comic book things that we're pulling because we're not restricted to three movies you know and then people are kind of like we saw that though yeah and they're just like so obvious about it it's not even like there's no payoff when you see it What's an example I was thinking? Like, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's, like, this one, like, instance. Like, it's, like, a sliver of a scene. It's literally, like, seconds long where they're walking through, like, some kind of asylum or something. And all of a sudden, you see Scarlet Witch. Like, you only see, like, her hands or something in the background. And if you're fucking nerd enough, you're like, holy shit. But then anybody else would just be like, who the fuck is this? And then they don't even think about it because it's literally, like, a three-second cameo that you don't even see her face. So, I don't know. I just really like it. I, I want to go back to S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I've heard it got a lot better. Like I said, like, I really like that they introduced Deathlock. I really like mm-hmm. that they introduced Mock. 
like because that was my biggest problem to begin with was I and that's that's anything that ever does that. I hate anything that has an existing stable of like thousands of characters. You've existed for sixty years. You have thousands of characters. You don't need to make some generic bad guy. Yeah, like they've made uh, some definite mistakes along the way, but like I, what Andy said, like I think they were just finding their footing. Like they even had like a little episode about the whole Thor thing with like Lorelai in it, and then they brought Lady Sif down to kick her ass. Like. <laughs> They've had a lot of good tie-ins, like, post that. I think it was just the first couple. They're like, we're not super sure how to handle this yet. And then they kind of, for the most part, I think they've gotten worked out. Plus, some of their original characters are the greatest. Oh, Fitz and Simmons are amazing. Oh, my God, Fitzsimmons. I don't want to talk yeah. about it because I'm just going to start crying. Uh, did either of you guys watch Constantine? Uh, uh, I have it on my Hulu Plus queue, but I haven't found the nerve to watch it yet because I don't want to be disappointed. That's it is that's where I'm in the same place. I was actually waiting until this podcast to hear your opinion, Ryan, because I kind of figured that you would have watched it, and I feel like I could trust you. I I love it. Like it, it kind of does the same thing. Like you were just talking about with like Marvel. Like it exists in its own universe, but it does. Like there's a point where they go down into like his like sanctuary or whatever, and she picks up Doctor Fate's fucking, and he just like in passing goes i'd put that down before it puts you on and that's all they do yeah. but like there's there's dr fucking helmet like right from the get-go for like hardcore fans are like oh yeah we're getting into this shit but you know <laughs> like at the same time for everyone else like it's just it's a horror superhero show but the characters are interesting like the angel um i can't remember his name he's the guy from lost he was in sons of anarchy the uh, I don't remember the Who black guy, black guy from Sons of Anarchy. He was and he was uh, one of the gang leaders. I can't remember now. Like he was like the rich black guy in Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> but he plays like the fallen angel that is in contact with Constantine and Chaz, like his taxi driver, is totally in it. Um, and the one part of the pilot that I really didn't like is the female lead because she's just like super doe eyed, and they recast her. <laughs> so yeah, they took her out of the entire show. They didn't even recast her character. They're going with the second episode. They're going to write her out and bring in a new character. That sounds to me like the, like she was in the pilot. She was signed on. They didn't want to reshoot the pilot and they basically used her and they're just going to. That's crazy. I always think it's funny when they do that. Like, I don't know if you do this, but like I was rewatching the first season of heroes, like not too long ago. And I haven't seen it in a really long time. But the pilot episode, I can't remember the Indian doctor's name. Oh, my God. Um, oh, help me out here. Um, it's, um, uh, I want to say it's like Kavindra or... Uh, something like that. Hold on. I'm Googling it right now because I feel like I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> We're all doing the same thing. Uh, Mohinder. 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 There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. So in the pilot episode, Mohinder has like this super thick like Indian accent. And then the second episode, he's suddenly English. Yeah, he totally so, like, drops focus, it, yeah. Yeah, they, like, focus grouped at some shitty racist white people in, like, the Midwest. They're like, I don't fucking like this. And then they changed it. So, like, whenever they make, like, quick changes like that, I always find it slightly amusing. But, but so, okay, so, Ryan, so, uh, like, just in terms of the tone of the constant, because, like, for me, kind of like you said, you went through the giant uncanny X-Men. I've been slowly working through Hellblazer. Uh, I think I'm like 120 issues in. It's definitely gotten to the filler point, and I've had like a serious slowdown in the in how fast I'm reading the comic. But for me, a big part of like Constantine's like charm is you never kind of know like just how much 
he knows what he's getting into. And a lot of times when he tries to fix things, he just ends up like fucking it up tenfold. Is that kind of <laughs> well, where def- like the yes. show is going? Um, definitely like from the whole pilot episode, basically like the premise of the Constantine that exists universe is that the whole reason he exists is like he was trying to save someone and ended up getting her like taken to hell by a demon. So like right from the get go, pretty much. Yeah. And also, um, so like you can definitely tell, like he's very nuanced. He definitely, like you can tell that he has like, uh, just, a lot of yeah it's like you said like he doesn't really know what he's getting he's like, he's very cocky and smug but he doesn't really know what he's getting himself into he bites head, off more yeah. than he can chew yeah but he like still sounds to like fucking get out of yeah, it no, that, um that, and that, since you've been reading the comic go ahead sorry uh dead is the character they're introducing into it yeah because i mean to me like constantine's like uh i did you get have, i heard you sorry wait what, what were you saying right that last part I didn't get. Is the character. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Like, that's very much at the heart of the character is he's kind of, like, in over his head um, sometimes. I mean, like, uh, I mean, there's, like, one panel where uh, Constantine, like, you know, he's, like, face-to-face with a demon, and then he, like, reali- he like laughs in the fucking demon's face for, like, a whole minute, and the demon is, like, standing there, like, dumbfounded for a while. <laughs> and he's just, like, standing there, like, laughing at him. And it's, like, a distraction for, like, his buddy who's, like, also helping him. But he's just, like, you know, he's totally willing to just kind of, you know, be outside the kind of borders of sanity, which I like. But, yeah, so, Constantine. You should both. Okay. Um, um, so we've been going, so I think we should probably head to recommendations. Oh, yes. That's probably the last thing we want to do, and then we'll... Yeah. This is so long already, I can't imagine talking about anything I know, else. right? Uh, well, let's make recommendations kind of quickish. But... I don't know, but, but, but I kind of want to talk a lot about things. Nice to say. Yeah. Well... We'll see how it ends up. So uh, it's cool. Just cut out all the parts where Ryan's mic is going batshit, and then we will have like thirty extra minutes of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see how this this recording ends up. Like we've had some kind of like audio issues all over the place, but it's episode one, people. Okay, stay on board. We've we've got some good stuff coming forward. Yeah, we're gonna have three listeners, and all of them are us. <laughs> hey, you know, I've told at least one other person about this. It might be four. Five, if you count Cameron. <laughs> there you go. We're slowly getting there. Um, pretty soon we'll be at double digits. All right. So, uh, yeah. So we wanted to kind of take some time to talk about some comics that we're reading and things that we think that you folks should be reading as well. Just uh, friendly recommendations, things that we really enjoy. And Kelsey, do you want to go first since you're so excited about sure. your comics? Of course you are. Um. I feel like most people have probably already read the ones I'm talking about, but like if they're not, then this is a perfect time to get on that train. Yeah, perfect time to readjust your life choices, make them the correct yeah. ones, and listen to Kelsey. Look at your life, look at your choices, and reevaluate. Um, <laughs> so the first one I want to talk about is Sex Criminals, because it is perfect. It's Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky, who I don't know if the whole world is super familiar with it yet, because did just win like i think the best um new comic series Eisner from the Eisner award-winning Awards. best new comic yeah yeah so they've done pretty fucking well for themselves in the short time i think we're on issue eight i want to say now eight or yes. nine and they had their first trade is already out their second trade's coming out soon and then they also have a new like sex tips book called just the yes. tips 
Um, so they're doing pretty well for themselves. I want to just say, I, just to interrupt you for a second, I went into my is. local comic book shop and made sure to put on a pull list for me <laughs> just the tips. And the guy behind the counter gave me a fucking weird look, and I looked him straight in the face and I said, you're making a mistake, man. This should be on your pull list, too. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I went into my favorite shop and um, I talked to the girl behind the counter. I was like, listen, I need this thing on my list. And she's like, yes. <laughs> she was already down with what I was saying. But I feel like a lot of people aren't as aware of it. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, Sex criminals is kind of the best thing that's ever happened in the entire planet, as far as I'm concerned. It sounds like it's just going to be used for like some like nsf dub ragged for like shock value over story but it's totally the opposite like you come for the tits but you stay for the heart you know <laughs> like it's so good like all the characters are like jarringly real um Susie and john are both people who are going through like some serious shit um Susie has like crazy loneliness um fraction portrays john with like clinical depression basically but it's so real it's not like some pandering shitty thing that they're trying to use as like a plot device and i think that it's very clear from reading it that fraction is kind of putting in a bit of self-insertion okay. into this comic like <laughs> but <I'm laughs> sure. uh, didn't even mean to make that playing it. <laughs> he's definitely playing it real close to the vest when it comes to this and he's like talked about it at great length how like john is affected by his own like personal experiences with depression and so i feel like a lot of readers are getting things out of this that they don't get out of a lot of like major label books and i think that's something that should be fucking celebrated for sure um yeah i just think they're human characters and the best part i didn't even talk about it like it's two people who whenever they come they freeze time <laughs> and they use that power after they discover each other and that each other has it they use that to like rob banks <laughs> like um for good yeah, causes not, not maliciously not yeah, they do it with the best intent, and they get stopped by, like, the sex police, like, who is, like, a self-appointed woman who has, like, a face that looks like she's constantly doing Kegels. So, like, I feel like it's just so funny, and Zadarsky's drawings, like, he does everything from, like, figure drawings from, like, two of his friends, and so it's even funnier when you think about it that way. But, like, there's so many just, like, good Easter eggs, like, in every single scene and every single panel, and everything's done with such, like care on every part of it so i think it's a really important book because it's both hilarious and vulgar so for like sick-minded fuckers like me but then it's also like super super real so and i feel like a lot of people should appreciate it oh i totally could not agree more sex criminals walks the line between like i feel it's a brilliantly illustrated comic book sometimes i'm like this comic is just like amazing. I should submit it to the Museum of Modern Art. And then sometimes I feel like Chip Zdarsky and Matt Fraction just sharing like wacky sex stories with us. And I'm like, we should probably send this to the Museum of Modern Art. Um, <laughs> like they have an entire panel in that book where it's just like stick figure drawings of like different sex acts because the two characters are trying to like um figure out like what they want to try next or whatever the hell and they're like reading through a book with them and there's this one which is what the fan base has dubbed themselves as brimpers because of the brimping is basically act of like a girl like sitting down and a dude pulling her hair up and putting his dick through it like, that's the realness like <laughs> And I think it's a testament to kind of, like, the spirit of what these fans of this comic are, is that they've decided that they've, they're, like, we're brimpers, and people 
wear <laughs> like shirts that say like brimper or like brimped <laughs> around and it's the most hilarious and wonderful thing in the universe yeah and then they also have this other thing with sexual gary which is just wonderful so like i feel like people need to get up this is just the way this book reads is if you read it and you're caught up with it it just feels like you're part of like this massive inside joke and that you don't want to tell anybody else about but i'm telling you guys because you deserve it <laughs> it's so good Let's join us in this inside joke because please be a brimper wonderful also matt fraction and chip zadarsky are like the greatest per- people like in real life because i've had the great pleasure of meeting them like several times oh at different conventions and Zadarsky has made a point out of like making like whenever I have him sign something, he's always trying to make it seem like he's ejaculating onto it and then onto me by proxy, which seems kind of sexual harassmenty, but like it's also just really funny. So oh. <laughs> take that how you want. But <laughs> I will say that Chip Zadarsky's facial expressions as he stretched the rubber band to put around my exclusive poster that I bought from exactly. him at Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah. And he was there was with me. nothing short of fantastic. Like, it was uh, absolutely. And add to the fact that Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky were just two wonderful human beings as well. I mean. Yeah, they're just great people making a great book that all of the other people should read. Like, that's just how I feel. Ryan, do you have a recommendation or would you like me to go? Um, <laughs> Witches by Scott Snyder and Jock. Wait, who is this? What is we're is talking a, about? Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes, Verizon guy, you got it. Can you hear me? Yes, good. <laughs> the gentle witches by <laughs> Scott Snyder and Zock, um, and Jock. I'm gonna. It's only one issue in, but I mean, if there's any time you're gonna hop on board a comic, it's right now. If you haven't read Scott Snyder, he writes horror better than anyone at all in the comic book medium. American Vampire was absolutely amazing. He wrote one called The Wake just recently with Sean Murphy, who did Punk Rock Jesus, which if you've never read, you should also read that. Um, But but The Wake is basically Jurassic Park meets the creature from the Black Lagoon, and it's fucking amazing. But Witches is super creepy. And then another horror title, uh, I think Josh Williamson is writing it. It's called Nailbiter over Images doing it. Um, and Nailbiter is just like anyone who is a fan of like slasher movies of like Scream and just like like Scream if it was way more fucked up and like an actual R rating, not like that bullshit R rating it got in 1994, then like that's what Nailbiter <laughs> is. And it just creates this universe where basically there's this fictional town called Buckaroo, Oregon, and 12 mass murderers have all come from Buckaroo. So it's become this town that completely – like thrives on the fact that it produces mass murders. So those are going to be my two that I think you should just check out because they're absolutely amazing. And I love anything that has to do with horror. Nailbiter and the wake. God, I, I got to say the, um, the cover art for the wake is just fantastic. Sean, Sean Murphy is amazing. If you have, you read punk rock Jesus? (laughs) I mean, I mean the impact that comic had on me was monumental. Like this even, Religious, even yes. Would you say you found yourself devoted um, to punk rock Jesus? I'd say I have a giant poster in my room of punk rock Jesus. Let's just have like a segment where we just make puns. Uh, All right, Andy. I know you've been wanting to talk about it the whole damn yeah. time. Uh, yes, of course I have. Uh, I have two recommendations that are 
fucking wonderful things that you should be reading. The first is Ms. Marvel, which is, uh, I mean, not to be confused with the Captain Marvel that we were discussing earlier. Ms. Marvel started in February 2014. Uh, It's only nine issues in, but the 10th is coming uh, sometime in November. Looks like it's the 19th. And it's written by G. Willow Wilson, and uh, artists have been Sarah Pacelli, Jamie McKelvey, I think Adrian Althona did uh, a couple issues as well. Basically, Kamala Khan, who is Ms. Marvel, is a Pakistani immigrant in New Jersey, and uh, she finds out through the Terrigen Mists that she's an inhuman. And her ability is basically she's a polymorph, which means... She can, like, change herself to do anything. She can make herself... Like, make a huge fist. Yeah, she can make herself enormous, um, and her strength gets proportional to her size and whatnot. She can manipulate her body. She can, you know, like, she can, like, heal from, like, being shot by, like, a gun because of the way her body works and stuff. And aside from the fact that this uh, comic made a lot of ripples when it was first announced, uh, being that it's a Muslim protagonist... Um, who happens to be a female as well, who's a superhero, and some terrible, racist, bigoted people had some problems with that. They can all go fuck themselves. But the beautiful thing about it is that G. Willow Wilson, who's the writer, is a recently converted Muslim. She handles the religion issue with fucking perfect tact. Like, it never really ends up getting preachy. The whole time, Kamala is totally, like, wrestling with her own ideas of herself, of her religion, of what her family and her friends expect of her. Um, of how much she fucking idolizes Carol Danvers, which is, like, a good idol. Good for her. Um, uh, But the coolest part of Kamala Khan as a character for me is that as a polymorph, she can basically be whoever she wants to be. Uh, She can look however she wants to look. She could make herself uh, 36, 26, 36 if she wanted to. She could make herself whatever. But in the series, she very clearly comes to terms with the fact that Ms. Marvel is who she is and that helping people is what makes her super fucking happy. And I could not think of a better example for humans, let alone wonderful young ladies, to be reading comics. And I got to say that uh, Ms. Marvel, aside from Captain Marvel, is probably one of the first comics that I recommend to people in general. But most importantly... If ever I encounter someone who's like, my daughter kind of likes comics, but she's not a big fan of Batman, or, you know, she doesn't know if she really wants to read a Captain America book, this is where I'm sending them, because Kamala's the bomb, and uh, I love Miss Marvel. It's wonderful. I'm literally, like, the praising hands emoji right now. Like, I can't even tell you how much, like, it's so good. Nerd ladies? Like, there's a lot of us, and we don't, like, I already talked about this before, so I don't want to be, like, a broken record, but, like, there is not enough representation about anything as far as, like, women are concerned in any kind of, like, tech or nerd or STEM culture. And so for, like, Kamala Khan to be such a fucking badass, especially, like, looking up to Carol fucking Danvers, like, this is super important. Like, I know it just seems like, like some silly comic book to, like, a lot of people, but this is actually important. So I think that this entire run will help inspire, like, the next generation of, like, badass young ladies who can take care of whatever they want. Could not agree more. And like I said, it's only nine issues in, all from this year. They're all still in print. So if you guys are interested, head down to your local comic book shop. Look for Ms. Marvel. It starts in February 2014. It's awesome. 
the other thing I want to talk about, much shorter, much uh, less of an inspirational childhood comic, <laughs> is uh, this wonderful webcomic that I discovered uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's called Kill Six Billion Demons. And uh, just from the name, you can probably assume that this is not what I'm recommending to young mothers looking for something for their small daughters. Um, but, uh, it's this little webcomic, uh, I, I feel terrible. I don't actually have like the creator's name on hand. So I'm going to click this link right here and find out while I'm uh, sitting here explaining it. But, uh, it's basically about this, uh, woman who ends up in some kind of crazy dimensional hell thing. And she's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And it's got some brilliant art. It's got... Um, some really cool kind of like background information. It goes into kind of like the makeup of this crazy multiversal universe that she finds herself in and like the rules and it's got some really cool like nods to like philosophy and stuff like that. Um, and it's just like nonstop violence all the time, which is, um, something else that I really enjoy. So, um, <laughs> com. It updates every Wednesday unless the creator who I still can't seem to find and I feel terrible about whenever they get like, you know, the time, if they're traveling or whatever, sometimes they, you know, just like any web comic put in something different. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful comic and people should read it. Here, here. Hooray. <laughs> and with that, after well over two hours of, uh, of us Sweet. rambling. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Kelsey. I was going to say, the first half hour was just us talking about dicks and Craigslist, but, like, I realized that you already cut that time out after I said yeah. it. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the part you didn't get to hear, guys. Um, uh, I don't know if it was been more interesting or less, but maybe you'll hear some bits and pieces from that as the podcast goes on. Uh, but I think that's pretty much all we had for tonight. Uh, it is getting a little bit late or early, I guess, depending on your perspective. So thank you guys so much for being here, Kelsey and Ryan specifically, um, for being here to record the podcast. Thank you folks, whoever's listening out there. Thank you for listening. If you're not listening, you can find out more about the show from wherever you found this. And in episode two, we'll have a more definite area for you to find the show. So there will be some kind of something more organized. In you can also two. forward us money to our Kickstarter to buy Ryan a non-shitty microphone slash internet connection. That's correct. So. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, at any rate, uh, Kelsey, Ryan, anything you guys want to say before we get out of here? Just keep listening. We're going to get more organized and more streamlined and, I mean, as organized as we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This will be that episode where we're in like three years when we're mega famous and, and still really poor. Or me sitting on like a porch somewhere together. I'm just like, remember that one really fucked up, like messy, hot mess we did that all those years ago? This will be the episode be when all of our fans in so many years are like, you know what we never got to hear? That 30 minutes of dick and <laughs> circumcision ta- discussion. Like, the lost episode. Can we please get that recording? And let me tell you, folks, you're not going to get it. It's not going to happen. And with what is little left of Andy's dignity still intact. Good night. <laughs> exactly. Thank you guys so much for listening uh, to Two Guys, A Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast. We will be back hopefully in a week, maybe more. We don't know, but stay tuned to this. Thank you guys so much for being here, and we will see you guys next time. To hear more of Two Guys, A Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast, or to share your thoughts and comic recommendations, Follow us on Twitter at 2G1G Talk Comics. 
That's the number two G, the number one G, Talk Comics. Or if you'd like to email the show directly, you can do so at two guys and a girl talk comics at gmail.com. All letters this time. As always, you can find more episodes of the show by visiting our Podbean at two guys and a girl talk Once again, thank you guys so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>